1: Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura.
2: All right, let's do it live on reaction Tuesday. Listen, um, you and I have had to do over six seasons now. This is our sixth season together. Yes. We have had to do some very, very difficult shows. Um, I even I, had I, to do
3: some prior to your arrival. That's true.
2: Yeah, you have. Whole you have. Worth. You have done. Uh, this is the toughest one. That this is the one I've looked least forward to um, of all of them. And we had to do some stuff that was really tricky from a vernacular standpoint through the years. Yeah. Um, this isn't that. This is um, this is massive disappointment. But more than that, it, I, I'll be quite honest with you. And I, I, the boys actually listened to you and Chris. That you guys were the anthem and them going to bed. That you were their go to bed at night song last night. So, they watched the game, and um, we we watched all about. They watched all about halftime, and then and then called it a day. Um, this is, this is Nick Chubb. When that injury happened, from a visual, te- you were in the building, and I, I know what your experience was like on on the broadcast because you had access to something that we did not have on television which was the replay so from from my vantage point the it it reminded me of a day in 1985 my brother was a Redskins fan and Joe Theismann's leg happened and my little brother was six at the time and he started crying bawling because that was his favorite player and they were his favorite team and he wrote him a letter he said get well and Six months later, Joe Theismann wrote him a letter and said, thank you. It meant meant a lot, and it it hung on his wall until he graduated high school. It's awesome. And I I look over last night, and that happens to Nick, and the boys are broken. And I'm broken. You were broken on the broadcast. Chris was. A Browns Nation was broken. Um, Because Nick Chubb, through six years of starts and stops and inconsistencies, Nick Chubb was the warm blanket. He was the constant. He He was was there every time.
3: Constant excellence, you know historical start to his career was there for you. you. know, missed, I think, a couple of games that one year when he got mm-hmm. hurt down in Dallas. And, and other than that, he was there 1,000-plus yards, 5-plus yards a carry. He'd get in the end zone. He'd pick up the tough yards. He'd be the best running back in the league. Mm-hmm. He's, he was the only person who's ever averaged more than 5 yards a carry in each of their first five seasons. And, and he was well on his way to doing it again this year. And so when we watched it initially, our TVs were not really synced up very well in the in the booth as you would like, where it was like kind of one was either right on as it happened. It was basically live, yeah. so you couldn't actually go back and watch And then One was like three plays behind. But I initially saw the way that he went down, and I thought maybe it was his shoulder because he kind of went down so violently on the top. And I yeah. thought maybe, oh, man, maybe collarbone. That was what I was initially fearful of. And, and we were talking about that, and you know, maybe his head. And then they showed the replay in the booth, and I think I just said, oh, my God.
2: Was it in the booth or was it in the on the stadium? Because you hear the stadium on the television. You heard the stadium
3: gasp. Yeah. So they show. I, I think our feed was the scoreboard feed. So my okay. guess is I think they must have shown that on the scoreboard. But it was, and I just I think I just said, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Then you just knew at that moment that was the end of his season, and and you just wish him the best in his recovery. But it was, you know, emotionally brutal this this game this day you no know, i had a lot of time to think because when you play in pittsburgh you drive home after the game sure and that's yeah. a nice two-hour drive into darkness yeah and you get to, to contemplate a lot of things and you know this was we said it going into it the browns are the better team mm-hmm. flat out there are two things that couldn't happen one you couldn't turn the ball over yep we did four yep that's six now in two games like you're honestly lucky to be one and one we turned the balls over six times in two games yeah you lose a tif- turnover differential by two in both of your games. Yeah. You're typically zero and two. So mm-hmm. fortunate to be one and one. Said you couldn't turn it over. You did, and and by the way, on the very first play. And I realized that, you know, the ball could have been more square on him, but that ball's got to be caught. This is the NFL. Like, hit you in the hands. It, it's got to be caught. Hits you in and, the hands. Well, now he wasn't in camp a lot. And if you're not going to catch it, you, you know? got to hit it down.
2: Knock it down. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, 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 have you have can't to... hit it up. If it's you in the
3: hands, you got to catch it. So it, it was just a devastating start. And then the other thing was he said, "Is we, you know, Highsmith and T.J. Watt can't wreck this game." And they scored 14 points. They scored two touchdowns. So they did. They outscored their offense. They did wreck the game. This is the first time in this century that a team has produced a fourth quarter comeback Mm -hmm. while netting negative seven yards in the fourth quarter. That's right. Yeah. Our defense was superb. Once again, there was one big play allowed. That's going to happen. It's the NFL. Yeah. For the most part, they were superb. Superb in this game offensively it is not good enough and now you lost what was the heartbeat what was the soul of your offense our identity even with Deshaun Watson coming here was still Nick Chubb and unfortunately Deshaun Watson has not yet regained the form that he needs and boy we're going to need it in a hurry because his current level of play is not good enough for this football team and without Nick Chubb it's all going to be on his shoulders so this is his opportunity to go there's a um
2: there's a thing with nick chubb that is um that i think resonates so well with with browns fans everywhere and it's it's rare in sport in life that the best perceptions you have of someone are met by their actual exceeded even in his case and and in his case exceeded, he is everything that you all think he is he's that and then some he is everything that you would want a football player to be. He is everything that you would want a teammate to be. He is everything that you would want a co-worker to be. He is everything that you would want a sibling to be. He checks every single box. He shows up. He works his ass off. He performs at a level few on the planet can perform at and never complains about a damn thing. Do you remember his rookie year when they were monkeying around trying to get Baker that some touchdown record, and he went over a 1,000 yards and then went back under it and finished with 996? Yep. Not one word. Nope. Not one complaint. He finished 996 as a rookie. He He was over 1,000. You remember this? And then went back under. And instead of getting him the four yards so he could have 1,000 yards, we were trying to get Baker the touchdown thing. And so they did that. Not one complaint from Nick Chubb. Never. Timeshare shares carries with Kareem Hunt? Fine.
3: Kareem Hunt? What's next? He started his career. What's next, sir? Behind Carlos Hyde. Behind Carlos Hyde. Yeah, never a complaint. And I was going to go back to in his rookie year. You mentioned never a complaint. I'm pretty sure in his rookie season, 2018, week three or week four against the Raiders, he had three carries for 105 yards and two touchdowns. The very next week, he received three carries for two yards, and the following week, three carries for 25 yards, and he never said a word, and it was obvious. And then from then on, he takes off and gets everything that he certainly needs uh, to become a superstar in this league. It's it's devastating. And, and you know, talking to people after the game, talking just to anybody around the building, even being here today, we lost a game we shouldn't have lost. That happens in the NFL. Yeah. We were sloppy. We beat ourselves. Yeah. The Steelers are not a very good football team. They have two no absolute game wreckers and so you need to stay out of third long we did not at times you know Jed Wills doesn't move on the snap which is I don't know how that happens in such an important situation we'll get into that later on but you know that happens you lose games that you should have won in the NFL but to lose Nick Chubb made it feel especially in that house of horrors and that's what it is oh I believe in ghost stories buddy we won the playoff game. I was there. It but no was one real. was there. Nobody was there. Yeah. It was not. It was playing in a sterile environment. Yeah. It is anything but. And, and by the way, everything we said was right. Their crowd was turning on them. Oh, they couldn't wait. Yeah. And we gave it away. Oh yeah. Over and over, over, and over, and over, and over. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I. It was.
2: I was in a daze, numb. All of it. Like, even had it gone well, I was pretty – had it gone well, you'd you'd feel better today, but it was always going to be hollow. The fact that it went so poorly after, uh, the fact that you really had the one Jerome Ford play um, and then you had the one nice play on the screen to Chief. But other than that, I mean, Amari – boy, if Amari Cooper doesn't play in the game last night, I don't know what you do because he caught – everything thrown his way. What a heroic effort out of him to play in that game coming off of He was unbelievable in the game. He was the only constant that you could rely upon. Once Chubb Chubb was down was the connection from, from him and Watson. Um, we've got big problems offensively, big problems. Um, and I don't know that there's a quick fix for this. Um, you got a short week and you're going to play Tennessee. You've got Baltimore after that. Um, but you had an all off season to be on the same page. And it just feels like
3: not. I don't know. It's so I, weird. Okay. I don't understand where like the long handoffs to to uh, Elijah Moore that we've seen all throughout, where have those gone? Just those easy little layups, get the ball in his hands in space and, and let him yeah, make right. a play. We haven't seen that. We have not seen, you know, in short yardage, some – I know Jacoby Verset's not here anymore, but the sneak's pretty undefeated around the NFL right now, especially yeah. with the fact that you can literally line two guys up behind the quarterback and push them. And if you don't want to do it with Deshaun Watson – like, it always has made sense to me that you could train David Njoku, who's got very strong legs, to just get under center, take a snap, and drive forward and have two people pushing forward. Like, I, I just feel, you know, we go third and one, fourth and one, don't attempt to sneak. Mm-mm. That's just – that's what we are talking about. I think we talked about it last The Eagles play first and nine. Cause yeah, if they play they get, first and nine. If they get to third and one or fourth, they're going to sneak, and they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, so so there, was some, there were some baffling things in this game. There was obviously the, the lack of execution. It, look, it's on Deshaun Watson now. And, and here's the thing. When you said even if they won, you wouldn't have felt better. If Deshaun Watson had led the team down for a game-winning drive in Pittsburgh, you'd say that's yeah, exactly that's why he that's was true. brought to be here, and that could have made at least you feel better that, okay, it's now his team. And I said that on the broadcast. I said this is the drive, no Nick Chubb, to put your stamp on it. This is my team. I'm going to lead this offense, and we could not do it. Weren't there three such opportunities in the fourth quarter? We have, they had negative seven yards. Yeah. They're, I mean, we, their I mean drives, you, you have the thing in front of you. Pick their up drives. the fourth
2: quarter drive chart. I'm pretty sure whether three or four drives we had the ball in the fourth quarter. Like, just go on one of them. Either go on the first one. Honestly, like, you could have just ran it three times and punted. They weren't doing anything offensively. No, they, they, nothing.
3: Their, their offensive possessions were three plays for negative 11 yards. Here's, after they, they kicked a field goal with uh, – Eleven forty seven left in the third quarter was they kicked the field goal. Yeah. Then they went five plays twenty seven yards punt, five plays thirty nine yards punt, three plays negative eleven yards punt, three plays six yards punt. You think about Taki Taki sack to get it back. Oh my god. You think about Anthony Walker Jr.'s and Obo Karunkro's great play on that third and one, which by the way, what the heck was that play call from the Steelers? No idea. You kept getting it back. The Browns possessed the ball for ten minutes and forty-five seconds of the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. Of the fourth quarter, they outpossessed them by ten minutes, uh, really eleven minutes for the game, outgained them by one hundred and fifty yards, and they lost because of the inability to do. uh, And again, they did obviously they did some things on offense, right? They they scored some points, but the ability to well, one was a punt return
2: set up that was a field goal. The other was seventy-one yards to Pickens. Yeah, what was the other?
3: How did they get the other field goal? They went four plays, five yards for one field goal. They went nine plays, 44 yards. They got a field goal at the beginning of the third quarter. Oh, they hit Pickens again and kind of in the same spot. Yeah, Yeah, that was the one. That was it, yeah. Yeah, other than that, they didn't have anything, like literally nothing. In fact, it is a true stat that they did not run a play inside of our red zone. No,
2: that's fact they they mentioned that on the broadcast. They they did, they, not. They did not run a, a a play in our red zone. They hit the, the one the 71-yarder to Pickens and that was it. And, and nothing else approached it.
3: And we lost. Yeah. We were yeah. the better team and and we blew it. And look,
2: the lack of discipline, the penalties, the inability to know when the damn snap count is, the like franchise that. quarterback twice using with face mask. It's just the one time the second one Deshaun, he's got the ball in his right hand. He pushes it over to his left so that he could do the stiff, stiff arm. arm with the right and grabs it after just previously getting hit with it, and that was catastrophic. You were having some momentum, at, it was, and then it, 15 yards back. There were, you're done. You could not be behind the sticks with them.
3: No. And the play before that, you'd picked up a first down on the run, and they called Ethan Posick on a hold. Right. And then so we went back 10, then we went, back, went ultimately yeah, back it was 25. Yeah, it, like, it, it It was bad ball, dude. Really bad Bottom ball, line. brother. It was bad Ugly football on the offensive side. You had a couple of great individual efforts. You mentioned like Chief running through four tackles. Jerome Ford with the cutback got a nice block from Deshaun Watson. At times, Watson did a good job being elusive in the pocket. He made some nice throws, but there were more opportunities to be had, and the Browns did not capitalize on them in this game. And it's going to have to get better, and it's going to have to get better in a hurry offensively. Defensively? Oh, you're ready to go defensively. You're fine. Bravo. You're locked in. I mean, locked yeah. And, and, yeah, you can't have the one where you give 71 yards. Uh, and I'm, I'm curious to see if somebody who's smarter than me, and I'll, I'll try to figure out what kind of exactly happened there. But it looked like we were running an inverted cover, two and then vacated the middle of the field, and that allowed him to go split kind of the seam and go. It was so disappointing and so frustrating, I think, watching that game. And I think the what is the most – I don't know if troubling is the right word or concerning is when we had the ball at the end, you know, you want to feel like we're going to go score. Yeah. And I don't know that there was a whole lot of that feel in, in certainly the fan base or even in the stadium or anywhere. No, it was, um, the, it, for me, every, every drop back was,
2: Oh God, please don't turn it over. That's what it got to. By the time I was to the fourth quarter, it was like, I hope we don't get strip sacked. I hope we don't throw it to them. I hope we don't put it on the ground. Um, it's just, it's wildly undisciplined offensive football.
3: Yeah. I and- mean,
2: up front at the quarterback position everywhere. It just outside of Amari Cooper. Once Nick Chubb went down, I mean, even simple stuff that, you know, like, I don't know, just fair catch it at the 11. Dude,
3: yeah, I D- mean, you, DPJ had a tough game. Where, know, and where, was he is, he the, where is he in the, where is he in the past? That's what I, I, I thought. Does he
2: not see the, could he not find Maybe the, the, the ball? It was I like, know. I don't know, but like, that's like one-on-one heels at the 10, the 11 fair catch it and it would it and all now you're 98 and they're playing Renegade and you're going well that's it you're done that's it strip sack jed wills jed go, wills go ahead and then strip sack and jed picks it up for a touchdown
3: game set match jed wills has got to be he's got to be better because well, I, there isn't another there isn't an answer out there other than him
2: can hudson go i mean i know that's not his natural position but i mean the first 2
3: weeks are about as bad as can be I mean, what was have, the grade well, on this one, a 56? Uh, 50.7. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, not only that, his his bad plays, and Joe Thomas would talk about this all the time. It, it, as an offensive lineman, you can be good the majority of the game, and I'm not even suggesting that he was, but when you have that one devastatingly bad play, it can have massive ramifications. You think about week one, he gets beat around the corner. Mm-hmm. Jack Conklin, out for the season. This one, beat around the corner, sex strip fumble, touchdown. Yeah. Good night, Irene. Yep. This is a 10th overall pick. Yeah. You know, you think right now about this team, and I think offensively the sad part, and this goes back to your opening, you know, point and and monologue about Nick Chubb, was that he was always reliable. He always delivered. And right now you've got, you know, a a very high-priced quarterback who is not playing to that standard, and he's admitted it. This isn't saying anything that he doesn't know. I mean, he he came out and said, I was crappy and I've got to be better for this football team. And he's right. But to have the tenth overall pick in the draft, in now his fourth season, still be struggling this mightily, is a real problem.
2: Yeah, I don't. I I thought he was better as a rookie.
3: I think that may have been his best year. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, like for me in the six years I've been doing this, when you can take all of it into into account, it's the most painful loss I can in in the six years I've been here because of the Nick Chubb injury and because of
3: a. You were the better team over there. And you should have. The, the real The real truth yeah. is that not only should the Browns have won the game, it shouldn't have been particularly close. No. Mm-mm. The Steelers are inept on offense.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: And our defense is excellent. All we had to do was be middling.
2: Totally middling, dude.
3: Just take care of the football. Just
2: don't let them score off of your offense.
3: Right. That's it, and you win. And you win. E- you win easily. Blow it away, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yep. So it's devastating. You had an opportunity to exercise so many demons. You had an opportunity to put your team, even with the devastating injury to Nick Chubb, you had an opportunity to put your team as one of three teams in the entire conference mm-hmm. to be 2-0. <clears throat> like this yeah. is going to come down to a game here or a game there. Now, if there is silver lining, since we've talked about a lot of unpleasant things, is that last year, week two was a game that we absolutely should have won. Mm-hmm. We failed to win. In catastrophic, historic fashion, in many yeah. ways, this was as well. Yeah. In fact, it, it evokes many of those. It hasn't happened in Oh yeah. this yep. 2,000 games yep. type of memories. We bounce back on that very next game with a good win at home. Mm-hmm. And so this team has shown the ability to be resilient under these circumstances. We need to be resilient again because it's not going to be – the Titans are not good, but they will be well-prepared. They will play hard. They'll be
2: disciplined, and they'll play hard
3: and you need to bring it mm-hmm.
2: yeah and what exactly does bringing it look like for this team that's what clean we, let's what, start
3: there i know we just haven't let's start there yeah we let's have a game without turning the ball over i'd love it i'd love it i'll even take one turnover
2: yeah i live with one
3: let's just start there
2: <sighs> those are the hot topics presented by vivid seats, Not I very vivid hot. seats uh, to purchase the brand new premium terrace experience where your ticket comes with pre-game field pass parking all-inclusive food and beverage lastly a 50 dollar browns Shop gift card, visit vividseats.com, or download the app today. Vivid Seats, official fan experience partner of your Cleveland Browns. Obviously, a lot more to get to on this one. We will do so with two Browns greats, Joe Hayden. Joe Thomas will join us as we continue on. Coach Stefanski at the podium. Some updates on some injury stuff coming up next. You're listening to
0: Cleveland Browns Daily on A50 ESPN Cleveland. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: you need a new roof from your home. Never replace your roof again with Renew Home Exteriors. Replace once for life warranty. This month, with the purchase of a new roof, get free installation on a solar-powered attic fan to help take the load off your A.C. unit. Keep your attic venting properly. Install today, save with no interest for 24 months. They're my friends at Renew Home Exteriors. Superior products, superior service. Visit RenewEstimate.com for more. And now let's head to the podium. Your head coach, Kevin Stefanski.
4: Okay, injury front. Uh, like we talked about last night, Nick has... Uh... A knee injury that will require surgery uh, that will end his season. Like we, you know, talked about it last night. Very disappointed for Nick. Um, means a lot to this team. Means a lot to this organization. Uh, so he, he will be missed, but he will bounce back. Uh, of that, I have no doubt. Uh, Greg Newsom is dealing with an elbow injury. He's day to day. You know, you you go back and watch the tape uh, after that game, and and you see our our team doing things that you cannot do and win in the NFL it's, it's hard to win the NFL you can't do some of the things we did and, and expect to win uh, the, the turnovers the giveaways uh, four of them two of them leading the touchdowns uh, some of the penalties uh, the, the field position game we, we did not play well enough uh, so that, that's the truth of it didn't play well enough as a team so we'll own that one uh, win as a team loses a team and then we got to turn our attention very quickly uh, to Tennessee another AFC opponent at our place Uh, So we have already started work on them and and we'll get going on them with the players tomorrow with that. I'll take any questions. Uh,
5: Yeah. Kevin, do you guys uh, think that you're going to need uh, to add another running back? And are you working on that today? You know, really hard to try to find somebody to replace Nick and how do you replace a Nick Chubb?
4: Well, we we are working on that Mary Kay uh, and Andrew and, and, and the personnel departments working through options. Uh, you don't, as you know, uh, you don't replace Nick Chubb. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's, you just don't do that. Great players in the league, you look around, they go out. It's always not one person that replaces a player of his caliber. So uh, everybody's got to do a little bit more, got to do uh, a little bit more everywhere. Um, but we'll look at uh, options there in terms of uh, who we bring in. Yeah, Kevin, after uh, looking at the tape last night, um how would you assess uh the offensive line play and the pressure the the Steelers brought uh and Deshaun's reaction to uh that pressure yeah we obviously uh you know didn't do enough uh, there in, in protecting uh and it's it's always uh it's multifaceted it's it's play calls it's technique it's 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 everything um but we we just didn't do a good enough job it's a very good front um they pressured us from the edges and from the interior, uh, and, and we made some plays, but just didn't make enough.
6: In terms of moving on with the offense, is this going to require kind of a, a redesign or reimagination at all of your offense?
4: I think you do that week to week, Tom, based on who's available to you. Uh, obviously, you lose Nick, and, and, but we have players back there that we really trust and that we, we like a lot. so. Uh, it does shift some things to different guys, and, and we'll work through that uh, throughout this week and, and really throughout the season.
3: Kevin, Deshaun last night said he needed to play better.
6: Bottom line was that he needs to play better. With the short week, the game coming up, what's the first step of approaching that and, and getting him back on track with with the game right, right around the corner?
4: Yeah, I think we all have to play better, Cam. I got to coach better. It really goes – it runs the gamut uh, when you're talking about winning and losing in the NFL – I think for us as an offense, I think it's very, very obvious we can't turn the ball over four times. Uh, you know, we call them giveaways. We can't give them anything. Uh, you know, you give credit to their team, but but we have to do a better job of protecting the football, really everybody that touches it.
2: Kevin, going back to um, Chubb for a second, did you get a chance to talk with him last night um, when you guys got back or this morning, and how is
3: um, how is he doing?
4: Yeah, I, I did not get to him last night. Um, I think he was probably asleep at that point. Um but I talked to him this morning. He's in the building today. Disappointed, uh, as as we as you all can imagine. Uh, and this it's it's hard because these guys put so much into this. Um, these are very real people, um, and it, it it hurts him. It hurts us. Uh, so, like I said before, we will support him in every way. Uh, and then we're gonna best thing we can do to support him. Best thing we can do to you know honor what who Nick Chubb is is go out there and, and perform. Go out there and work. Uh, I think that ultimately is what Nick expects this team to do.
5: Uh, yeah, Kevin, you know, D- Deshaun is taking a, a a beating, you know, nationally, locally for, for his performance. And, you know, people are putting it together with last week's performance, which we know had a lot to do with the rain. But, um, you know, what makes you confident that Deshaun is going to be able to work through some of the issues that he's having right now, protect the football and run this offense efficiently?
4: Yeah, I think it's, it's never about one person. Uh, I completely understand that the, the quarterback gets way too much of the credit, way too much of the blame. That's just life of being a quarterback in the NFL. It's, it's, it's the head coach. You get all the credit. You don't deserve it. You get all the blame. It doesn't matter. You own it. So uh, I know what he's made of. I know how he works, uh, and I, can, I expect him to come in here and work, ready to work tomorrow. That's really, really where the focus is.
5: What did you think of the face mask penalties after you saw them again on film?
4: Yeah, we, you know, obviously, you can't grasp it, you can't pull it. Um, He knows that. uh, I don't see that as a problem going forward.
6: Uh, Kevin, we know that you and Alex Van Pelt and Deshaun Watson spent countless hours redesigning offense to suit his skill set. I want to know how concerned you are—not how disappointed you are, but how concerned are you with the way it's looking?
4: Yeah, my concern, Tony, is—is we're you know, lost the game last night. Um, We're a one-on-one football team. We have a one-on-one football team coming to our place next week. Uh, We have to play better, particularly on offense. We have to play better. We have to take care of the ball, and we need to, you know, put our guys in position to succeed. But uh, in terms of big picture, uh, I really narrow my focus and just worry about what we can do better moving forward.
6: Concerning the the additional running back you need, obviously, for depth, uh, are you prepared to say Jerome Ford is your feature back right now?
4: Yes. Yeah, Kevin, another question regarding Deshaun. He said last night that he's still coming along, uh, whatever that means, and while also acknowledging he needs to play better, et cetera, et cetera. But from your perspective, do you feel like he's still working his way back, knocking off rust, or do you feel like that you – you're you're seeing that he's going to be the player that the organization traded for. Yeah, I think for me, a much much more narrow focus than that, Daryl. We're we're one and one. Uh, Deshaun's one and one. I'm one and one. Our team's one and one. That means you, you did enough to win the first one. We didn't do enough to win the second one. So, very simply, we got to get back to work. Uh, short week. We'll pour everything we got into this game. It's the biggest game in in our season because it's the next one and it's an AFC opponent. So. Uh, we just have to be at our best.
6: Hey, Kevin, Deshaun also said he needed to get rid of the ball quicker to help with the protection. How do you help him do that?
4: Yeah, going into that game, uh, you know when you're playing a defense that, that can rush the passer, it's a combination of of things. Obviously, uh, you want to play on time and get the ball out. That requires uh, people to get open quickly and, and win versus certain coverages quickly obviously you have to protect so it's always a combination of things uh, and sometimes you're holding on to the ball a little bit longer and you're providing help to your tackles or it's extra play action whatever it may be so it's always a combination of things.
6: Uh, Kevin it, it seems like at least through the first two games w- when Watson goes off the opening script of plays he tends to lean on one target the entire game yesterday was Cooper I'm not sure of the numbers but and Joku, Elijah, Moore, DPJ only had the one target at the end. Are you concerned with the distribution? You got a lot of new players, a lot, a lot of new targets, and he doesn't seem to be distributing the ball to them. Uh,
4: yeah, I think we have good players, Tony. The, the the time always comes, and and there will be more opportunities for guys. Uh, you mentioned David. You mentioned Elijah, guys that we think very highly of. Uh, it, it's it's really game to game basis. It's it's you really. Design the plays to go to different guys at times, and then the coverage dictates where the ball goes.
2: All right, there's Coach Stefanski at the podium. I assume. Yeah, we're good. You safe? You safe? Yes. There you go. There you go. Um, look, there are a lot of well-founded questions on offensively the look of this, and uh, Tony used the word concern. It's yeah, yeah. That's the word I would say. Um, the thing that's really puzzling, and we'll have ask off about this in the in the Joe Thomas half hour and, and Joe Hayden will be in here shortly talking about this as well, is um, so much of the things that you and I, and you saw all of it, I saw a decent amount of it saw in the summer and in camp it's not showing up through the first two weeks. yep. So that's the thing that it's, you know where's this where why is there a disconnect in terms of what was happening? in mini camp in the off season program and what's happened in camp and what we've seen through 2 weeks that's
3: well, job one uh, it is and and there are two answers to it one you obviously didn't have great weather in the first game not an excuse by the way i'm just saying that is it is true the weather was not great in the first game second game at t- he's got to throw he's got to be comfortable throwing with more anticipation in this offense especially given the struggles that we're having on our offensive line That's just, uh, I think that's unfortunately, that is a reality of the situation. All quarterbacks in the NFL, there are two things that are happening. The first is he's under pressure on 40% of his dropbacks over two weeks. That is way too high of a rate. Mm -hmm. Okay. That that's not sustainable. That needs to be dropped down to 30% at, at the most. Okay. That's number one. Number two, when you're operating from a clean pocket, you need to be lights out. And from a clean pocket, 62% completions, six yards an attempt, and a quarterback rating of 84. That's not going to get it done. No. So, and, and here's the crazy thing. We're talking about a guy who's a 70% passer. Career, yeah. 70% was second behind Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, is he going to get up above 50% week in and week out? Oh, I know. So the the pressure is a problem. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Pressure is an absolute problem. He is under pressure at far too high of a rate. But it needs to be better when he is clean. That is, to me, that is a critical part of all of this. He needs to be better from clean pockets, and that can come from execution, scheme, all of it. So Deshaun Watson is at 40%. Z- Here's the pressure by drop back in the league: Zach Wilson 53, percent Danny Dimes 48, Fields 47, Bryce Young 47, Kenny Pickett 45, Desmond Ritter 41, C.J. Stroud 40. Here's what they don't have in common, right? Wilson's in his what third year, but not really has not really ever been a full time starter. Justin Fields has been brutal. Yep. Bryce Young is a rookie. Kenny Pickett's in his second year. Desmond Ritter's in his second year. C.J. Stroud's a rookie. Danny Dimes is the is the kind of one anomaly, and they got boat raced by Dallas. I don't know how skewed that is by Dallas in week one. Yeah, right, right, right. But you go and you look at, at you know, Garoppolo's at 14% right now. Trevor Lawrence, 27%. Justin Herbert, 27%. Dak Prescott, 27%. Goff, Cousins, 30%. That's where, that's where you need to live to be effective, but – you know where you go and look at, and to take it a step further, because I talked about it, part of it's a pressure percentage, and then part of it is what you do when you are kept clean. Here's the thing. There are 14 quarterbacks in the NFL right now who have a quarterback rating of more than 100 from a clean pocket. There are another six that are 96 or better. Mm-hmm. So 20 quarterbacks are 96 or better.
2: In a clean pocket.
3: In a clean pocket. The bottom of the league right now is Kenny Pickett is dead last. Yep. Bryce Young, Justin Fields, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Zach Wilson, Anthony Richardson, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, right above them, you have Josh Allen, you have Jalen Hurts, you have some you have Patrick Mahomes is twenty first, so those guys aren't playing at their level, but we need. That's not the group that you're supposed to be amongst.
2: No, and and of the guys you mentioned, they've all had when it, you know, that's why I like so much of the way that you are all feeling and the way that. You know we're feeling everyone feeling watching the game. um, To your earlier point, all one of one fourth quarter drive, one moment, one galvanizing drive, and the ills are largely forgotten. You you did not need a a spectacular quarterback performance last night. You needed one drive, not not fourth quarter, not by a damn stretch. You needed a drive.
3: Yeah.
2: You needed one drive. It could either happen before the sack strip fumble. And you could have driven down and kicked a field goal and won the game. That would have been it. That's all you needed. One field goal without giving T.J. Watt a touchdown on your offense, and you win the game. That's it. Game. You couldn't do that. That's all that it took. It was 60 yards of plays would have got you to a point where you're near field goal range you could have tried to win the game. Um, instead, you got, you didn't get anything. You didn't get anywhere near the vicinity. And then anytime you did get – when you did have a little bit of momentum, you, you stubbed your toe repeatedly with, with disciplinary stuff. So – that's the crazy thing is like as much as we yearn for this all to look the way that it looked in Houston for a while, that's not even what's necessary, especially not when you had Nick Chubb.
3: Now it probably is. And now it probably is. As you go through and you look at you know, Deshaun Watson, remember when he came to the Browns, his, his quarterback rating as a member of the Houston Texans was in the hundreds. I think it was like 103. It was top three all time. And his games with the Browns, 47-53. 6770 79.1 84 91.4. That's it. Yeah. I didn't. And he had his best game was against Washington, 122.5. That is his only game where he's had a quarterback rating of greater than 100 as a member of the Cleveland Browns. And you look at, you know, his career he had with the The Texans, over the course of all those seasons, he had one, two, three, four, five, six games with a quarterback rating in the 60s or below. He's already got three with the Browns. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had a rating over 130 times Mm -hmm. in three years. Oh, yeah. 30 times. Oh,
2: yeah. No, he was spectacular. He was a
3: top five quarterback in the league. Yeah. Well, it is not that right now. That production is not there now.
2: Uh, Joe Hayden will join us with some perspective coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily
1: on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: Car, truck, a motorcycle accident caused injury. Call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elks, proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Joined in studio now by former Browns cornerback Joe Hayden, the Pro Bowler here in studio. Um, you know, we the loss of Chubb, the devastation of that, the loss in general, the way that it went down, that's a, that's a tough night, buddy. That, that's hard to put into perspective. Uh, what, what were your thoughts
7: on what you saw last night all the way around? It was a tough pill to swallow, um, especially we started from the top with Nick Chubb. Man, mm-hmm. it was just you know seeing a dude that works so hard, is just all about his business and handles his business so professionally to go down like that. It's just heartbreaking not only for Browns fans but just NFL fans, people yeah. that want to see good football. And I was respect. I really love the Steelers organization and the fans for showing love and showing respect for him and giving that Chubb cheer. So. That was just – awesome. so, so my stomach, and I was up there with Nathan watching it, our stomachs literally hurt the rest of the game. Just turning because that's like you, you, you want your team to win, you want them to be successful, but you hate to see injuries like that when you know that the guy's going to be out for a long time. So just had to put that out there first. And then the turnovers. Start of first play of the game. With the pick everybody's hype we're ready to go just a nice, nice little stick route you know let's just get this let's just let's just get comfortable and it goes not only a pick but a pick six and then that place goes crazy so it was kind of just from the beginning of the first play then to when that happened to chubb it was just like bad things so it was just kind of on offense just eliminating those turnovers if they don't score 13 points Steelers uh, defense we win the game easily so it's just not shooting yourself in the foot. The defense played tremendous. I was super happy about how they were just out there standing up. They had a couple of plays, the Pickens big pass. Mm-hmm. So you know you that's gonna you know plays gonna happen here and there, me. but they gave up 13 points, and I mean it, that's 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 a good defensive stand. So that's was, that's kind of my takeaway of the yeah. game. They limited
3: them to 24 minutes of possession, 250 total yards in the in the second half. You had you gave up five first downs in the entire half. You forced four punts. I mean, it, you got the ball back for the offense. It's just so sloppy. They were never in our red zone. Never in the red in the entire game, whole game. They had negative seven yards in the fourth quarter, Jeff. They were behind going in the fourth quarter. It is the fewest number of yards gained by a team with a fourth quarter comeback this century.
7: It was. It was. It was crazy to watch because we crazy. were up there. We were like we're winning every single thing but the game. Yeah. And it was every stat, everything, but it didn't matter because you weren't putting really weren't getting the points on the board.
3: Because it's turnovers. Yeah. I mean, you cannot win in the NFL when you turn the ball over, and consistently that's what the Browns are doing. We're very lucky. I said, you know, if you're a negative two in the turnover differential, you don't win often. We've done that mm-hmm. in both games. We're 1-1, one and, one, and we feel like we should be 2-0. and oh. Yeah. But you've got to take care of the football. How, on a defensive side of thing, that's your mindset, right? Mm-hmm. You want to take the ball away, and our D yeah.
7: did get two takeaways in this game, which was very good. But how do they clean that up? Um I mean, some of those were just ricochets. you got to just catch the ball. You had yes. two hands on them, catch the ball. Just just make routine plays routinely. Like, it wasn't a lot of things. And then when we had uh, Njoku. I know, I know where you, you got You know I from. got that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just some of the stuff that he says just makes sense. And then uh, was Njoku, ball security. You can't get the ball punched out. Just try to get to the ground with it. So just protecting the ball and just routine plays. It wasn't really too much as catch the ball when it hits you in both hands. So after the game,
3: Chris and I were in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And the, the press box is on, like, the suite level cool. at, for the Steelers. And we get in, and there are – it's a big family, uh, and they're all wearing routine plays, routinely T-shirts. And then I'm standing there, and uh, the, the gentleman to my left says that he loved my sport coat, and he liked my little thing. If I had closed my eyes, yeah, it was 100% Mike Tomlin talking to me, so it was his brother and his <laughs> yeah, family, it's, 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 So which we gathered by the time we got out of the elevator. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, his voice – it was crazy, but they were all. That's what made me think, laugh. Think about that because they were all wearing make routine plays routinely. T-shirts. They have like Steelers shirts of that for the family. So well, it, you it can put it on wild. a
2: T-shirt, but it's an ethos. Well, over it is there because they don't. The, the,
7: the, by dude, the way, they there's can't there's point, do it on offense. No, they no can't they, even do it. No, no, no. They
2: cannot do it on offense. But it's so interesting. You know, like I don't believe in ghosts, but I mean, over there, it almost feels like that. It, it's crazy. Like. To your guys' point, like, every single statistical thing you controlled, except for the ones that matter the most, right? Yep. The yep. turnovers, the big plays, the discipline, that yep. type of stuff. And they believe – like, there's no reason for them to believe 22-19 to 19 that they're winning. They can't move no. the ball. They can't do anything. We could have just ran three plays, punted it over and over and over again, Joe. We would have won the game because they could not move it. Yeah, and yet percent. you play renegade and all goes to hell.
7: Yeah, it went crazy. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith just – Wrecking, wrecking the game. It was, it was
3: wild. Well, it was a combination of things. And, and this is where I go back to self-inflicted wounds. So we talk about, you know, the penalties that, that mm-hmm. took you out. Yeah, Browns have eight of them. As You see the stats at out that there. Look total yards. Outpossessed them by 11 minutes in the game. God. The turnovers. But I'll even take it a step further. It's simple things. And you go back and you go into the full play-by-play. We talked about how they had the 171-yard play, the mm-hmm. long touchdown to Pickens. If you go back before that, they start off on their own eighteen. First and ten, Najee Harris up the middle, no gain. Second and ten, Kenny Pickett pass short, incomplete, short left to Najee Harris. Third and ten. Remember third and ten? He checks it down to Jalen Warren. That's right. We have three mm-hmm. people coming in to tackle him. Mm-hmm. Don't. He gets the first down the next play seven words. That that play never should have it's even completely happened. Completely surrounded. It's completely surrounded. All you to do is say, you got exactly what you want. He checks yep. it down at four yards. You have six yards to make a tackle. Yep. Yep. The Browns yep. don't do it. And, and then you go and you mentioned at the end the sack strip fumble and, and all the chaos and craziness that went along with that. Well, how did that happen? Because when they punted it, we don't catch the ball about the twenty-five. Yeah. Oh, I know. It <laughs> bounces to the six, and now you're all backed up in and, and, and that's a dangerous place to be. Oh, in that sure. place, renegade plays, the place is going nuts. Yep. You've been out there, I'm sure you guys get a from a Steelers' perspective, a huge jolt. Oh, for sure. When that happens. For and sure. you just it was in and it didn't ever need to be in peril. You didn't need to mm-hmm. be that close to the end zone. So it's just so many self inflicted wounds, and as we said earlier, it was bad ball. Like, take the defense out of it. You guys get all your flowers. For sure. Everything else was
2: bad ball. Yeah. How do you – you've been part of a team where you have, like, a player of Nick Chubb's uh, worth both on the field and off with a catastrophic injury, Joe? And if so, how do you deal with that? How do they rally around that?
7: I would say – I think I did, actually. I would say Ryan Shazier when I was with Pittsburgh, when I did go there and that happened. And he was – he was one of the heartbeats of that team, and I think he was going to be a literally franchise player. And he did, he was about to get his contract. Everybody was super super happy for Ryan because he was one of those Nick Chubb kind of guys. Worked super hard, loved the game, studied the tape, and uh, it's it's we play this game and we know the injuries that are going to come along with. It. We've been playing this since we were kids, so we know that things are going to happen, and that's just the way of the game. But being able to see your see your guy like that, I think you got you kind of you kind of rally around him, kind of round the, around, rally around that and kind of see like, look, we got to kind of, I heard what my man Newsom talking about, you kind of do it for him. Yeah. We were playing for Shay. We know if he had any opportunity to be out here. We were putting his life on the line every single day and he didn't have any regrets. He wasn't mad at anybody. He was like, this is the way the game is done and he was trying to recover and get back out there. So you can use it for motivation and it's just a real life situation where these dudes are real dudes. We're out there playing the game yes. that we love and we're putting our life out there and it's just an understanding thing that happens. So when it happens and it's a person that you love it kind of hits it hits home it hits hard but it's a it's a realization that this game is something that everybody where it happens to the gladiators every time
3: one thing that's been going around and i just want to get you knew minka very well but just that people were saying it was dirty in my mind it happened so fast like that you could even contemplate that it was a dirty hit but there's a lot of discourse about it but i know that you knew minka well and had a lot of respect for him i saw you guys interact before the game last night that's got to be one of the hardest things to be the guy that's on the other side of that type of a play.
7: For sure, like that's the way with, with T. Higgins, with um, with, with T. Higgins when it happened in Buffalo Hamlin. with DeMar Hamlin. it's Those guys, they're not doing anything wrong. I, if you're in the phone booth with Mick Chubb, I'm trying to take his legs out. Because if you go up high, for one thing, helmet to helmet now, the rule changes, we got to go lower for these guys or you're going to get ran over, embarrassed, and he's just going to continue to hop, step, or do whatever he does. So Mink in that position, you're in the phone booth, you're going to shoot low, take his legs out, and hopefully get him down, sweep him up under him. That's just how normal tackles go. You've seen that play routinely, routinely, Nick yeah. Chubb in the hole with guys and people are coming down trying to take his leg if you hit him high you're going to get carried into the end zone. Yeah. So I just feel like Minka definitely everybody understands that plays the game that knows Minka is a, Minka is a he loves the game. He respects the game. He respects Nick Chubb. He respects his his talent. So he's not trying to hurt anybody. He's just right. trying to tackle him before he gets into the end zone. So I, I all my hearts and prayers obviously go out to Nick Chubb. But at the same time, Minka, we know your heart. We know that you had no intent sure. to hurt him. You're 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 a player. You love Nick Chubb. You saw him he went up to him after and just trying to make sure he's okay because he he I know Minka. I know his heart. I know how he plays the game and he he has too much respect for the game for that. Yeah,
2: Joe, how do you um you're Kevin, let's put you in the head coach's seat. How do you how do you galvanize this? How do you flip this around? I mean, there was a lot on the line here. You're talking about going two and zero in the division, one of three teams in the AFC that would have been two and zero. You you have a, a meltdown. You have the ca- ca- catastrophe that is the Nick Chubb injury. Um, what what does the tone need to be this week around here? Getting ready for
7: we play a game in six days. Yeah, um, it's definitely executing the self inflicted wounds. You know, I mean, if you look at the tape, at the same time, all of the stuff that we're talking about, it's a lot of things are self inflicted. If you take away that stuff, you just got to get back to the basics, man. Just don't mess that up. Control the ball. Don't throw the picks. Catch the ball when it hits you in the hands. Block, tackle. You know what I'm saying? Um, just don't have don't have busted coverages. When that big play happened, they don't even have that on defense. So just Field the punts. Field all the punts. You know what I'm saying? Catch the ball, fair catch it, run up on it, save us so much field position. It's not too much crazy. Just do the normal things that you're supposed to be doing, and we would have walked out of that game with a victory. Nobody has to recreate the wheel. Might have to bring
3: your boy Jim Leonard back in here to be a designated punt catcher. He didn't even try to return any punts that year back. I think I was 14 when they just put him out there, and he's just like, fair catch. Fine. yep I'm good. yeah."
2: I mean, what Joe just described, though, and I think this is what's so maddening for all of us and probably the coaching staff, too. I mean, that's basically everything I tell my sixth-grade kids is everything you just said. Yes. It's, it's a, the simple,
4: it's a simple stuff.
7: Game. Don't just, turn it over. I don't. Mean, it's, it's a simple game, and they're not, it's, it's they're not, not miles away from doing anything bad. Yeah. It's just – And we've had more time than any team in the league,
3: and I would say more time than anything because the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers immediately, and so they don't even right. have the team that they were working with. We've now lost Nick Chubb, but we've had more time in the league to be on the same page. like snap count issues in critical situations that can't happen guys not being on the same page that can't ha- we've had more time that's what this the trip to the Greenbrier was about these joint practices and all that extended time in philadelphia that's what this was all about and it's very frustrating uh, i think i speak for everybody when i say it's very frustrating because it is right it's not trying to reinvent the wheel we're not like playing football i uh, trying to play the game a different way we're just not doing the simple Things that are necessary to win in the National Football League. In fact, we're doing the opposite of them. We're doing things that are necessary to lose when you are the better team. And that's exactly what happened. We did everything we had to do to lose against yeah. the Steelers. And guess what? We lost.
2: Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Good seeing you. It
3: would have been more fun for Pure Joy. I know, I know. Time. we are kicking it. We'd been like hitting wedges, <sighs> smacking the, chasing the small ball around with Pure Joy. Now we're talking the Rio. Stuff though, but I do want to ask you, just at. give yeah. us one thing to, to help us out here because I'm sure there were times when you were here and certainly times when you were on the playoff teams with the Pittsburgh Steelers where you would have a game like this. This does happen. Teams lose oh, yeah. games in the NFL that they should have won. Yeah. How do you bounce back? How does that, like, how do you, everybody, is it is it one thing, is there a team leader who's going to go into that locker room and be like, this is not acceptable. Everybody look in the mirror. Everybody hold anybody accountable. Like, how does that get galvanized? Because I'll flip it around to Tomlin, Tomlin's now won five straight games after being blown out by 20 or more and 11 of the last 12. Like – that is clear. That's not an accident. No, they, no, no, no. That's no, not an accident. It's
7: a back to the basics, and when we get to the meeting room, it's showing the people that made the mistakes what they did wrong, where you need to, where this can't happen. This is basic things. We're not asking you to play out of your body. We're not asking you to do anything that we that you're not capable of doing. So just going back to that and showing the mistakes, being able to keep people accountable on the film in front of their peers, and showing them like we're not asking you to do anything different if you can't do it, then there's somebody else going to have to take that spot. So I mean, you're going to kind of get there because it's not like you're telling them to do anything. Out of their position so I mean I just think getting back to the basics keeping people accountable and showing them on the tape what you want from them what you need from them what's acceptable and what's not so I think if you do that I mean because that's that's basically I think what Coach T did when I was there he would just come back to you and you would have to look in the mirror he would call me out he would call Cam Hayward out just if you're not in your gap these this is not acceptable like don't just be falling in here stay there everybody get back to the basics do what you got to do and you'll execute and hopefully come out victorious It's very simple. It's It's like Little League football. It it really is. It's it's the simplest stuff.
2: It's the simplest stuff. Great seeing you, buddy. Yeah, too, man. For sure. Great Joe Hayden joining us. Uh, From one great Joe to the next, Joe Thomas will join us coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Valley Bet, sports betting partner. Your Cleveland Browns now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Valley Bet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: All right, welcome back into Cleveland Browns Daily. Brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner of your Cleveland Browns. Now live in Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. You're listening to eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. WKNR, Good Karma Brands station, uh, efforting the Joe Thomas half hour.
3: It's he's, like he's an a, hour, but half. He's he's That's got right. a bow on his back right now. He's, he's in the wilderness. He's in the wilderness, going, right? Rrr.
2: Yeah, that that is it. That's kind of like a hybrid of the mm-hmm. Viking thing. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now, the Vikings, that was, a good, that was a good time when we were in MVD, having the time of our lives, Mall of America. Oh, gosh. Gosh, we were really living then. Look at us now. Man.
2: Yeah, it's, uh...
3: it's rough, brother. It's rough. But you know what? Here's the thing. The fact of the matter is the highs are high in this league and the lows are low in this league. But yeah. it is one game one game and you have a chance to bounce back this week even though it will Listen, have it's a not, lingering yeah. impact with the loss of Nick Chubb. Yeah, it will. That makes it worse uh, than the Jets last year, it makes it worse than the Titans. That's why it's we the worst planned. one
2: for me in the 6 years I've been here, it's the yeah. worst loss because it this because of what was at stake and what happened to whom. That that's yeah. what. And the fact that you did not have an answer once he went out. Well, and I think the the thing, look of it the
3: was thing that off. hurts maybe even the most is everything that you just said is 100% true and you had with two and a half minutes left, mm-hmm. the guy that you brought in here to be the Steeler Slayer, to be yep. you know your guy with an opportunity, with the ball, which is all you can ask for, right? Yep. And, and was unfortunately, unfortunately unable to get it done. And so now it's not only a loss of the game, you know that your whole operation is now going to be on his back. And thus far, it has not looked to the level that you need it to be. No.
2: Um, all right, I believe we've located the Hoff in an undisclosed location in uh, some place in a western state. Hoff, how you doing? But where are you? Can you give us a, a close
8: parameter of where you are? Yeah, I'm uh, just outside of Provo, Utah, right now. Up in the mountains, oh, wow. nine thousand feet. I got a beautiful view. Here. I can see for about a hundred miles. It's amazing.
3: Oh well, this is what happens in the Rockies. It's it's a beautiful a thing. View Hoff, are we on? <laughs> Are we on any, have we, have we picked up the scent? Are we yeah. on, are we in pursuit? Well, just like the,
8: NFL, the highest of highs, lowest of lows, life, uh, it imitates art in this case. And I can't remember like you guys being so emotionally invested and sad after a game as I was last night I since I played. Um, and then the, there was some better news, at least in my own little world. I just, Shot an elk, my first elk in my life, about an hour and a half ago, way deep down in this canyon, like 2,000 wow. feet of elevation below where I am. And I told my buddy who is calling for me, I'm like, "Hey, I got an hour and a half to hike up like three miles to the top of that ridge to try to get cell service. So let's take some quick pictures. But then it's on you. And uh, he gave me his phone because I didn't know if my phone was going to work, and I don't have like GPS, so I can get back to him and help him pack this thing out. So uh, yes, it's uh, it's been it's been a better morning, I will say that. Although, the this, the this sting from last night is is still with me, especially. Not, I love you guys very much, but it's it's coming back a little bit right now. I'm back to reality. Oh my god,
2: the Hoff is. I mean, the Hoff is John Rambo hiking he is. The cliffs and bow and arrow shots from 2000. I mean, my goodness. Um, all right, let, look, we let's we got to pull the band. I mean, this sucks. It's the.
5: Yeah. I'm,
2: I was watching Joe, like like obviously not in. I was I was here, but. Um, I, after the Chubb injury, I was, I was numb for two hours. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't shake it. Um, your, your view of it, your emotions watching it and, and kind of everything that followed.
8: Uh, I, I watched it once and it made me sick to my stomach. I started crying. It, it hurt me in a way that I can't remember being hurt.
2: We're, we're having some trouble with Joe's phone. Obviously he's on top of a mountain in Utah. He so it's tough. Just bagged um, an elk. I tell you though, what, um, the the first thing he said there when he said you know that he cried yeah that that was that yeah I mean I think I, when you know, I when saw the resignation cried yeah
3: my oh my god was as visceral a reaction as you could possibly have because again I was thinking it had to be shoulder or the which the way that he went down so fast um, and then I saw it and yeah you just I, I was kind of numb I think that's a very good way to describe it I I felt numb Chris Rose. <laughs> Uh, who did a, an excellent job last night filling in for, for the great Jim Donovan. And we certainly – all of our thoughts are with Jim today, um, as they are every single day. As, as we can't wait to get him back and hope for good news from him. But it was just like – it was brutal. It was a, it was brutal. And, and then, you know, you think, okay, well, they're rallying and they're going to get it done. And then to come up sh- to lose the game after losing Nick Chubb, just – yeah, this one, it, it hurts. I couldn't – I it never could re-engage
2: level. all the way to it. I, I really couldn't. You were in the moment. I mean, you're calling I it live, to, so yeah. you had to. But, like, um, you know, it was even with the, the interception early, um, I, you know, the game was so alive for me, you know, every play, um, all of that. But But once the injury to Nick happened, everything was viewed through that prism for me. And it was like I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake the prism. And it was like. Yeah, I mean, I would have, you you made the point, point; it's the correct one. Like, if, if your franchise quarterback rallies you down, you win in the last two minutes, you're, you're feeling pretty happy about things. But it would have been, even if that had happened, there would have been a yeah, but. And the yeah, but is, in this instance, was just enormous.
3: It would have been, and, and hear me out on this, it yep. would have been akin to Week 7 2020 in Cincinnati. Odell Beckham goes down, tears his ACL on the first play of the game. And then Baker leads that great comeback, and, and that goes on to be a great season. And that win really got the Browns going yeah. on the road, division opponent. You have the ball at the end. And that one was much more improbable than this one. We had time and timeouts yeah, and all yeah, of yeah. that. But I think that's what it would have been more akin to. Because just that than- helped the vibe coming out of that immensely that you delivered.
2: No question. That's a good one. That's a very good example of it's. It's just the... Connection you have with
3: Chubb through six different. years, of course, Nick Adele, Chubb. But I, I,
2: I, take your point. I think that's a fair one in terms of. I just think had was, we
3: lost that game back in, if, if that, oh yeah, then no coming question. out of it, it feels much more like this feels. Yeah, I granted, think that's Nick fair. Chubb and and not say no, Odell, no, no. Play, but Nick Chubb to this franchise, different. I think you
2: make yeah. a very solid point in how you can have, you know, small. You can have a victory amidst, you know, what is it, you know, from a football perspective, tragedy. And
3: that necessitates a victory. Yeah,
2: correct. It <laughs> does necessitate that. Uh, I believe we have the Hoff back from his uh, ridge atop the Rocky Mountains, some 9,000. Uh, Hoff, we I, we heard the, your, your first part there where you said you cried and the emotion of it. And you know, obviously, firsthand what it takes to play this game. We just had Joe Hayden here. He was talking about, you know, when you lose one of the best gladiators is the way he put it. It's he's like it affects the entire league.
8: There's no doubt. And Nick Chubb has been the uh, absolute quintessential perfect Cleveland Brown since the moment he stepped foot in Berea. And I think that's part of the reason it it hurt so bad. Um, The best running back in the NFL, such a huge part of your offense. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, to me, it was about the human and the person that he is and uh, just feeling for him because it was such a such a bad sight to watch that. Um, We we got back to out camp and, and. there was another Brown saying, actually, he's from Cleveland, he was videoing one of the other guys that are here, and so we were sitting there watching the second half, and, and uh, he didn't see it, and I go, don't even, wa- don't even look at it, you don't want to see it. It's, it's not something that anybody wants to see because it just, it was such an emotional uh, emotional gut, and then to try to get back out on the field for those guys and, and to finish the game, and I think the reason to me this one's done so bad Outside of the Chubb injury, but it felt like you just got hit from every direction. You felt like you got cheated by the refs on the last row of the game when Donovan Peoples-Jones gets mugged. You feel like your your offense lets you down, your offensive line lets you down at the end of the game where they had negative seven yards of offense in the fourth quarter, and we were winning going into the fourth quarter. It's almost impossible to lose in that situation.
3: Your defense is playing lights out. It has been impossible in this century, Hoff, if that makes you feel any better. Nobody else has ever done oh, that. Uh, thanks. No, I feel better. <laughs> I mean, like,
8: you just feel, and it's it was it goes back to part of it, you know, obviously I'm emotionally attached probably more than most to the offensive line and to Jed and the left tackle. And to see him have a, get off the ball late and then give up the strip sack fumble that leads to the touchdown after we had just had this conversation a week ago on CBD talking about, urgency, attention to detail, and having to take the mindset that every play is the last play of the Super Bowl, because you never know when that play is going to be the most important play of the game, and you mm-hmm. never know when that play is going to be the difference of winning losing that game, which keeps you out of the playoffs or gets you into the playoffs. And so I think sometimes it's hard for guys that come from college, maybe, or younger guys to just understand the gravity that every play holds in the NFL. And then just how important, like, this game is. It's a game, yeah, but maybe we do get too emotionally invested. But this is really serious stuff. Like, this is really important. And you want those guys to feel it the same way that you do. And sometimes in those moments you feel like sometimes they they don't, and that's not a broad brush on everybody. But um, I think it it just – it harked back to the conversation we had last week. Like, you can't be laid off the ball. I understand it's a mistake, but you just can't do it in that moment. And you see exactly why that is important and why I hated going into game day because I was so sick to my stomach because I was so nervous and anxious that I was going to be the reason that one mess-up was going to lead to a a loss and it was going to be on my shoulders. And so I the mentality that you had to have of a, a gladiator on every play, like it was life and death. It is a game in the end, but you have to have that life and death mentality that sense of urgency on every single snap and it was disappointing to see
3: the the same issue that we saw in week 1 come back in week 2 well first of all there's a reason that you're wearing a gold jacket in addition to your unbelievable immense talent it was that mindset and the fact yeah. that you sat here and you said I could have you know on 65 out of 66 six plays I was perfect but in my position the fear was that one play would be the one that would change the game. In this case, for Jed Wills, he's had two now that have led, you know, directly to very negative plays for the Browns. One led to an injury with Jack Conklin. This one leads to a sack-strip fumble touchdown that that cost the Browns a game. And, yeah, it, it's, it was bad ball, attention to detail, not taking care of the football, the turnovers, all of it offensively. You know, and, and unfortunately, it feels like we wasted another insanely good defensive performance by the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm.
8: There's no doubt. And and I think we all have hopes that this defense is for real and they're going to be a top five defense every single week of the season and they're going to keep you in there no matter how many turnovers your offense is coughing up. But you know that there's going to be points in this season where you're going to go against some better offenses that maybe it's just not our defense's day and we're going to have to be able to match their firepower with our firepower on offense, which we feel like we have the horses to do that. Um, but you're not going to be able to do that if you can't hold on to the football and do the little things the right way, which starts with ball security. And then it starts with just paying attention to the details of my snap. Like, how deep do I need to be on my route? When do I need to get my eyes around? Where do I need to line up? When? What's the snap count? Like, being perfect at all those things is something that has to happen on a championship team without even thinking about it. It shouldn't even be a conversation. and. I felt like we made some progress on offense, but it felt like one step forward, two steps back, where you saw some good things developing, and you can talk yourself into seeing, like, a fun, creative offense that can score a lot of points. But with the amount of turnovers and and mental mistakes, you're going, and I don't know who you can beat turning the ball over the way we did. Nobody. Nobody, yeah. Because the Steelers aren't
2: good. No, the Steelers are not, no. Um, Hoff, I want to, well, to talk to you about Watson in a second, but I, I did want to ask you, like, we, with, this is a couple of weeks in a row with Jed, and, you know, it's not good. Um, James Hudson is there. Um, Batonia was great at left tackle. We have some other guys who can play on the interior. Is it, is it time to rethink who's playing up front?
8: Uh, I don't think so, because, and this is the reason. And the reason I get disappointed with when things like that happen with Jed is because I'm seeing his overall body of work it's as good as it's ever been. The tools are all there in his tool belt, like his technique, his pass set, his run blocking, his finish is getting better. Like he's doing all those things. It's just a matter of being consistent, doing it. And so I I say my bar and my expectations for him is Pro Bowl caliber. And so when he doesn't meet that because of a lack of sense of urgency in certain situations or a lapse in focus or whatever happens, like I get really disappointed because I know that, his skills are all there; like they're polished, they're ready to go, and it's just a matter of doing it over and over again. And I think if you did put Joel out there, if you did put like a James Hudson, your expectation bar comes way down. And so I don't think you still I don't think you get the same output in the in the end. So if you were just closing your eyes and saying who's going to play left tackle better, Jed's still going to play left tackle better. There's no doubt in my okay. mind. Yeah. Um, but I but I do think that the reason we get so disappointed is because we see the shiny object over there that could be with the potential and just being close, but in those most critical of moments, not being able to do it. So um, I I wouldn't make uh,
3: any type of move like that right now. All right, Hoff.
2: Hold on. Just say a couple more football and
3: then we'll get to the beast. (laughs) I was going to talk about another very large individual okay. Dewan Jones right. and I was going to ask him right. yeah. okay 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 I was so going to make a segue I was going to compare the okay. giantness yeah okay all right very the good. ginormousness right. of what the Hoff has done with Dewan Jones but I was going to ask a Dewan Jones question before we get into that what did you see from him mm-hmm. obviously a very difficult environment but I thought you know from my vantage point didn't stand out in a bad way which I thought was a pretty big win against TJ Watt
8: Yeah you're looking at one of the three best edge players in the NFL, right? Nick Bosa, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt. And yep. for DeWand, who we were talking just like three weeks ago, he's probably not going to play at all this season. He's your starter now, right? And he's going to get yep. T.J. Watt on Monday Night Football. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Like, there's no more difficult situation for a rookie to be put into, and I thought he played really well. I thought he handled himself very, very well. There was very few obvious mental mistakes. Um, I thought he was very sharp. He did a great job handling TJ. Like, there's, of course, things we can nitpick and we can talk about, and I thought the game plan was really good. I mean, we saw there was very few times where they were just going to let TJ run up the field. You always saw either a back coming yeah. out of the backfield or they would line up in, a, in a like, a close stack formation or trips or something like that where they always had somebody that could give them a little bit of a shot because we talked about this last week, the big – Mismatch with Dewan versus TJ is if TJ runs straight up the field and dips his shoulders for a big man like Dewan, it's hard for him to get back fast enough. And then also, while he's getting back, to be able to bend low enough to be able to block a guy that can bend like TJ. I mean, TJ, when he rushes up the field and dips and rips, it's very much like what Miles does, right? And Miles is fairly unblockable for big human beings like that. Um, so I thought the game plan was really solid. And I thought DeWan did a great job executing it, um, so I, I was really proud of the job that he did, and I thought it was another big step. All
2: right, let's have the uh, let's let's have the quarterback conversation. It's eight games. Um, there were a bunch of opportunities in the fourth, Joe. I mean, honestly, just don't turn it over. And I realize you know we talked about Jed's part of that as well, but uh, the four turnovers. Um, and if you have one drive in the fourth, either before the strip sack or after, uh, you win the game. It's it's kind of that simple, and it and it doesn't happen. What are you seeing with Watson? What aren't you seeing with Watson?
8: Well, I think you're seeing improvement over last year. He's definitely more comfortable. He's definitely looking to make plays within the confines of the offense. I think that was a big coaching point, not try to take the home run on every play. So you are definitely seeing in progress, but I think um, we were expecting probably to be a little further along right now with this new offense. And, when you do have a quarterback that we all think is a top five quarterback in the NFL who can do it with his legs, who can do it with his arm, um, you want to see those moments. Those are the verifiable, like, uh, check, double-check moments, like, yep, we got our guy. He, the stage was set for that moment, and he was not able to deliver. Now, it was not all on him, of course. Um, but th- those are the moments that you're going to want to see and you're going to need to see here in the next few weeks. Um to feel really, really good and say, yep, we were right about the decision to bring him here, uh, to sign him, and to make him the franchise quarterback. And I still believe in him, but I want to see those moments, right? That's the, the, the follow-through with the performance that makes you feel really, really good. And now, it, it's always crazy thinking about injuries and sort of making them like paper-type things and, and not human. But, I mean, Nick Chubb's not going to be here for a while. So this is even more now than ever going to be put on Deshaun's shoulders to win us games, and so I think that can be a good thing. Like, he's going to have a lot of opportunities in the next several weeks, certainly, where the game's going to be put on his shoulders, where Kevin Stavancy's say, hey, this is your game. We're going to win or lose with you. There's no other options, um, and I think he's got the receiving core to do it, and I, I want to see it.
3: What has to change when when you lose a guy like Nick Chubb and you know I think in many ways we were kind of trying to hybrid what has been our traditional bread and butter offense and then hybrid it a little bit with some spread concepts for Deshaun Watson do you think this injury necessitates just a full straight-on move into turning the keys over to Deshaun and running basically much more of a spread freelance attack?
8: Well, I still think it's going to be the same offense. I think they're just going to emphasize more passing, a little bit more of the spread freelance, put more stuff on Deshaun to have a run and a pass option on each play, be able to pick depending on what the defense looks like. Hey, you have at any moment, if it's a run, you have full uh, capability and green light to be able to check into whatever pass you want. This is fully your offense now um, because you're You're going to have a running game that's going to be solid. I mean, I think you saw some good bursts from uh, Jerome Ford last night, but it's not Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb can win you a lot of games. He has won us a lot of games, but he's not going to be there. So who's going to pick up the slack? And I think it's quarterback, right? But I think going and running a different offense would be tough. Um, And I'm not sure that Jerome Ford – is going to be better at running any different type of an offense. And so I just think you you emphasize those spread concepts and you give a little bit more ability to Deshaun Watson, to audible at the line of scrimmage out of some of those runs.
7: All right,
3: Hoff. Let's talk about something more fun because this is obviously – this has been – it's a bummer for the Browns coming off of that game. And no almost, joy. No joy. No pure joy. But no joy. we were just sent an image – of your elk and i'm not gonna sit here and say that i'm an elk expert but this looks like an enormous beast so there is you look tiny
2: there's a state there's a boone and crockett standard here uh uh, the hunters will know um this appears to be a a boone and crockett type elk to me hoff in this instagram photo it appears to be, be of that stature
8: it it is uh it is definitely up there we like i said we haven't measured it uh, it's being broken down by my buddy right now. As I speak, I also put on my Instagram, the picture of where I'm doing this interview from, which is, uh, on the ridge, the mountain, 2000 feet above where the elk is laying right now. Um, but Whoa. Uh, this is the first elk hunt I've ever been on. And so I'm really not an expert in any way, shape or form on, uh, elk, but as soon as that thing came charging in, my buddy was given a little cow call, I think, Came in from like 100 yards and it was going to like run us over. I almost had to shoot the thing in self defense. Um, But it it was like a dinosaur was ready to steamroll you and turn you into a very small pancake. And like walking up on that thing and seeing how big it is, trying to roll it over to take some pictures, uh, (laughs) it's a huge animal. And I feel very, very lucky and fortunate uh, just to be able to see like and be in, in the timber with animals like that. Going about their business, doing their thing right now, peak breeding season, and uh, be up and close to something like that was it was uh, it was an emotional
3: adrenaline overload for sure. I bet elk went at the Hoff house for many a moon. Oh,
8: gonna be a lot of elk steaks, baby, on the grill, <laughs> in mean, the
3: sous vide,
2: oh, and the meat no, steak. Oh baby, Hoff, where I mean this is this thing is gonna be a gorgeous mount as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean this folks, I've I've seen a lot. In my time, I've, I've, it's 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 a big boy. It's a, I mean, Hoff's a big man. He looks, yeah. This is a huge. These bulls, man, are huge. This time of year, they are quite feisty. Uh, the females are in the rut, as it were, and so uh, they're they're on it. And this, this is a hell of an accomplishment with a bow, my friend.
8: Yeah, it was pretty awesome. He like like I said, he kind of stormed in on us. We were at the bottom of this canyon, and we were calling off the top. And he, we were pretending to be the cow. And he sure. just storms right in and came to like 20 yards. I was at full draw, but there was a, uh, like a cedar tree right between the, the, me and the elk. And he was like standing there. And They don't have really excellent vision. They can smell really well, but they can't see unless you move a little bit. And I was at full draw, but had this tree between us, so I couldn't shoot. And so I tried to like kind of lean out to one side just to find a little hole in the brush. And when I did that, he kind of got a little spooked. He got nervous. And so he turned and he ran and he kind of like took two big leaps, which he made like 20 yards and two leaps. It was just amazing, the physical prowess of these 800-pound animals. And all of a sudden he stopped, and my buddy Scotty Miller was like, scoot over, scoot over, I can see him. So I just kind of did like two little quick steps to the left. I redrew, and he made like this big bugle, which was, it like shook me right to the core and the hair in the back of my neck up And right when he bugled, my buddy's like, you got 30 yards. And so I let it rip. Perfect shot. He ran like probably 75 Jeez. yards and then started killing downhill and just crashed right into this uh, Aspen thicket. And uh, it was like the dream, just like I was dreaming it last night. It all came together to way, uh, to the way, amazingly, the way I put it together in my mind.
2: Well, thankfully we have that story to regale us yes. because it's been a tough show other than that. How are you getting it out of there? Are you are you at a point where you're near a road? Do you have
8: ATVs? Do we have horses? What are we doing? Yeah, so we've got uh, some ATVs, and I, I brought a radio, so I radioed back to camp and kind of gave them the general idea where we are. But it's such a steep canyon, there's no way to get down there. So um, I may, I put a pin on kind of where the road goes to, and then – There was no cell service up there, by the way. So, like, I had to, like, hustle back to the end of the point to try to get some service. And then uh, once I'm done with you guys, I'm going to go back down, and then we're going to continue quartering the the elk up, and then it'll be, like, eight trips up, two miles up to the top of the canyon um, and out to the ATV and then back to camp and into a a freezer in a a house near you in Middleton, Wisconsin. Beautiful. (laughs) Oh, baby.
2: Well, God bless. Oh, God, thanks for your time, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your hunt.
8: I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having
3: me on. The great half. I say last year after the Jets game, we went and we went out to the Trout Club. He and I had an insane meal and yeah. drown our sorrows a little bit. But he, he at least he knows how to follow up these bad things with a pretty epic experience.
2: Now, have you ever seen one of those in the wild?
3: No. Yeah. So, like, they're so. Do you count the points on those or does, like they're huge? I mean, yeah, I can see yeah, that. they're, they're like, yeah. they're like, this is like Game of Thrones. The
2: si- three, four times the size of a deer.
3: It's like The Thrones when they went in and yeah, found yeah, that, yeah. like, the giant, the, like, ginormous stag. Yeah, that's the. Do you count the points on these?
2: Yeah, so we would back east. They count every point.
3: So it should be twelve then, right? But out west, you would call that a six point. Six point.
2: You just it's count the, one side. Okay. Yeah. It's a big boy. Um, all right, lots more to get to, obviously, on a, uh, on a brutal night. Uh, you'll hear from some of the participants in it coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, and live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: This is your furry friend having it, it takes to beat out the competition under the dog race sweepstakes presented by Milkbone? For a chance to have your pup compete in the annual halftime dog races, visit clevelandbrowns.comslash contests, uh, contest rather, to enter and check out more from Milkbone at your local grocery or pet supplies store. Uh, let's hear from some of the participants. You mentioned this with the Hoff. Dewan Jones accounted uh, himself pretty well against TJ yeah.
3: Watt. He really did. There's a, a Brian Baldinger breakdown of him, about a minute and 20 seconds, that I. I retweeted where you can see some of the good things. He said most of the night continued, played all 87 snaps and for most of the night continued his upward arc of getting better versus an elite player. Lots of good stuff.
2: Yeah. I didn't feel like at any point he was out over his skis. No, I mean, TJ Watts, one of the four best players in the league. So I mean, like he's going to be, he's going to wreak havoc. Yes. But Dewan was quite strong. Uh, here he was post game.
7: I feel like I played solid, you know, going against a pro bro, all pro, uh, pass rusher. You know, I got a lot of help tonight. Um, but for the most part, I think I held my own, did all right. You know, it's a stepping stone just for the next step of the next game.
2: It's not going to be – I'm not worried about him at all going forward. I feel – Very confident. I think he's going to be more – he'll only get better and better. He is the tackle I feel the most confident about. Accurate and fair. Um, Joel Batonio, you know, we talked about this, and you, you, you it's the Tomlin phrase, the routine, routine. Yep. The routine plays routine. Uh all the little things, right? That's the thing Kobe said. All the little things don't matter until they do. Until they do. Um here's Joe Batonio on the small things and the little things that cost them.
6: When when you plan the road, especially in the AFC North, it has to be detailed, you know, it's the details that, that truly matter and we're just off on a few details this game and, and that's gonna that's gonna cost you in a game like this.
2: It's hard in a post game like that when you're as emotional as you are and especially with the the Chubb injury that was kind of hanging over the entire team. I mean, you could feel it like it was a totally different game from that point on. Yeah. Um but the the reality is is like this is a veteran team that has been put together to win right now. And to be having the mental lapses that you had last night is impossible. It just simply cannot happen. You can't have that many. You can have one, you can have two. You get that many. You can't have a dozen. Nope. And and you had – I mean, you count them. I bet you could get to a dozen of between the offense and special teams. Of Just mental lapses. Bad. Just bad ball. Yeah. Is it that many? Might be a dozen.
3: I can think of four turnovers. I can think of – well, I'll do the whole team. I can think of two plays total, period, full stop on the defense. The one tackle and then the blown on that. That's the that's entire it. game. Yeah, that's two. Offense, you've got four just on the, the turnovers. Yep. You have – Multiple penalties that would, crippling, crippling penalties, holds that were crippling and by the way unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Tough calls on, I think one of them. Posick did hold the one on Dewan Jones. Tough the one on the, Jones. He was, was already terrible. He was five yards past the guy. Yeah, that was terrible. anyway. That was terrible. Um, yeah, and then the the punts, the punt returns. I had a couple. of The punts were not great either. Uh, you missed one kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, easily a dozen. Just like bad, bad plays. They were. Less bad than we were. Fair. We were so bad they won. Yeah. They didn't win this. We we we. You know you give them credit for Highsmith catching that ball and taking mm-hmm. the end zone. Harrison Bryant not only didn't catch it, didn't tackle him either when he was right next to him. And you give him credit for the sack strip fumble, even though we I would say Jed had played a, a equally as large role in that particular play. But I mean, it was yeah a dozen just. Bad plays, and the crazy thing is, you could have had eight bad plays, which would have been a staggeringly high number of just like I'm talking bad plays. Oh, yeah. And you win that game by a touchdown.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: You needed every single one of them, you needed every single one of the 12 to give them that win. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. It goes back to that game you were talking about. Was it Ohio State Clemson? Ohio State Clemson. Ten, 10 things.
2: There were 10 things that had all 10 things had to happen. Yeah. and that's kind of what it felt like last night, like every single one of those. I think days. I got like six of the ten. You did. <laughs> with some random guessing. I think you did. I think you did get six of the ten. Um, the defense, not the problem. Not by a damn it's stretch. the it's, solution. It's elite. Um, it's going to have to be relied upon. The thing that's going to be interesting is, like, typically when you have a great defense, you have a ball-control offense that keeps them so they're not on the field all the time, and that's going to be a challenge going forward because we're not going to be ball control going
3: forward. We're going to be... In four, we trust. It's got to be the way. Let me say two things. Number one, if this defense was on last year's team, we went to the we go to the playoffs first and foremost. Yeah. Secondly, I still believe this offense is going to get it going. Like Kevin Stefanski has been able to produce a productive offense everywhere he's been with a variety of talents at various positions. I believe that we will get this going, but we got to get it going very soon. Yeah. Well, like as listen, Sunday,
2: I, I, you want to do one of the like Nick Chubb doesn't get hurt. You win the game.
3: I think that's probably true. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging six, six yards, yards of a carry. Jerome Ford. I mean, Jerome Ford was great in his own right. It was the one run. The one run. Yeah, stat, yeah.
2: P- p- stats, you know, pads the stats on that one. But no, Chubb would have been. I, I think you win with Chubb. There's no way you approach, this, approach the second half totally different if you have Chubb. You don't, and we won't for the rest of this year, and that's the heartbreak of it all. Miles Garrett on the defense.
7: Didn't get the W, so not well enough. Um, we you know, held them where we needed to rushing-wise and made a couple of plays. You know, we made that big play to to Pickens. Uh, it really uh, really got them fired up, but you know we were able to dial back in and, and make some plays. But as far as you know, Getting, uh, getting the stops we needed to, and we got that done, but we need to get you know, those takeaways. You know, if we get our hands on the ball, you know, we got to be able to you know, come up with it or, or score with it.
2: Oh, my gosh. That's, you've, there's so much that happened in this game last night, but the Rodney, Rodney had it in his hands.
5: <sighs> <laughs> I mean, he that had was
2: it, it a stupefying throw by Pickett. Well, it's just... Threw it right to him.
3: Threw it right to him, and right he had to it. That would have started the second half, right? Yep. And they ended up getting three points on that mm-hmm. drive. Yeah, it, uh, so many little little things. Yeah, he threw that right to Rodney on. Side. I mean, literally had no chance to complete that pass to a Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Sealer, and threw it to us, and we did not come up with it. Defense overall. I mean, come on, they were great. They were great. Dominant. Two takeaways. Dominant.
2: Two guys who have been hand in hand the faces of this franchise. Uh, Miles got here a year earlier, but Nick and Miles have been those two guys. Miles on the loss of Nick Chubb.
7: I mean, a man with a few words just keeps his head down, and he's he's always working. And uh, that's the integrity he has to us and to the game, and that's what we have to have uh, now, especially for him.
2: Yeah, it's play for Nick from here on out. Um, So much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner. Your Cleveland Browns now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
2: All right, this is um... – brutal it's been painful and we've we've gotten through it um now it's just about the best path forward and it's about hope not being lost and it's about taking the immense talent that remains on this team it's going to look a lot different and I think that's what's going to make Sunday uh fascinating for me is the approach uh what what approach will we have offensively I have no questions defensively I'm more than those questions are more than answered quite confident in that operation
3: look I I think now it is it's Put the ball in his hands, and he's got to lead us, regain his form, and lead us to the promised land. I mean, you're still going to run it. Jerome Ford is a a capable runner, but I think you've got to start running an offense or concepts that truly he is, that are just kind of geared to him. And and now, here's the part that I, I don't know the answer to. Because it feels like, isn't that what they did? Isn't that what the whole offseason was about? That he had all this ownership in it? I know. That was always my feeling. It was like, well, that's what this was all about. Unless it's just, I think we're an empty quite a bit. I'm going to have to look up our empty stats versus the rest of the league. But it does feel like we, it, it doesn't look all that different to me. We were empty a ton with Jacoby last year. Still a lot of the under center play action. Maybe there's some more, there's new different run actions out of shotgun. But for the most part. It, it looks very similar to me. Yeah, I was just trying to go back to. I was just curious, like the last,
2: you know, in terms of, because he had, you know, going into last night, he had such a great record in prime time. Um, so his second year in Houston, they went 11 and 5, 68%, 41 65, 26 and 9. Third year in Houston, age 24, they go 10 and 5. 67% passer 38 52 26 and 12 uh the last year last full year in Houston 2020 season uh the covid season they went just 4 and 12 but he's 70% 48 23 33 and 7 um, in that year um but there would have been a playoff game I'm just curious yeah the he's
3: leading they were leading the Chiefs big bigly
2: yeah they were they lot yeah they got up that quick start they end up losing 51 31 they so he beat the bills um, in Buffalo, in the in the they won a playoff game. They won the wild card game, and then a division game. They played they played Kansas City, um, in in that game and lost fifty one twenty one. They had that to your point. They had that huge lead. That was the year Kansas City won the Super Bowl,
3: um, coming into that one. Um, yeah, they were huge. By the way, real quickly, we have twenty eight plays out of empty this year. That's number one in the NFL. Patriots are two at twenty seven. Bills three at twenty one. Dolphins four at twenty. Niners five at eighteen. So. Fifth place, eighteen. We're ten, 10 more than that. they're averaging nine a game. We're averaging fourteen a game.
2: So in that game against uh, against Kansas City, went thirty-one to fifty-two, three eighty-eight th- two scores. No picks. No uh,
3: no picks. They just kind of like
2: stopped. The defense could not stop. Yeah yeah they couldn't couldn't stop. Uh, but yeah, four hundred yards, nearly four hundred yards passing a game. Like that's what's required now.
3: That's who we need to be going forward. is on him. I mean, the crazy part about it is he would routinely mm-hmm. throw for three hundred yards a game. Oh yeah, routinely, right. and it is we haven't even sniffed that. Oh no. no, We haven't been close to it in it's eight games now. I know. Yeah, so that's going to have to be. It's yeah, in. this
2: season's going to be something. It will be because of him, because the defense is going to be what the defense is going to be. But that's not going to be loaded. enough and in this AFC. That's not enough. No. So you're going to need you need to be able to score. Got to score. That's where you're at. Uh, all right, the next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet, sports betting partner, your Cleveland Browns, now live in Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
1: You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and 850 ESPN Cleveland.